Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian Hamawi and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Welcome to the Guest X Podcast. I'm your co-host, Matthew Loney, here on a beautiful Friday with my co-host, Brian Hamawi. Brian, how you doing, bud? Good. Did I get my title back from Mr. Guest Experience from the last I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. The, the Josh Liebman, he's like spent his entire career in guest experience. Um, we're going to have to, we're going to have to take that to a committee vote for right now. You're just co-host Brian Hamali. Yeah. I'll work harder at it. I'm good. <laughs> Things are good. It's Friday. I'm excited. And uh, yeah, actually really excited for today's conversation. Me too. No. And it's, you know what, it's perfect timing wise. Um, Cause I think this one, uh, this podcast actually is, we're going to uh, broadcast um, right before we head over to the Shorties and to the Short Stay Conference or the Summit there in London. And uh, well, our guest today, actually, I think he's part of both. His company's nominated for at least one Shorties, and, and I know he's speaking on at least one panel at Short Stay. So yeah, today ought to be a lot of fun. Um, I know it's somebody you and I really admire. You want to give uh, give our listeners a little intro? Yeah, today we have Graham Donahue. He is the CEO of Sykes Cottages, one of the leading vacation rental companies in the world with over 19,000 units under management in the UK and New Zealand. Graham has over 20 years experience leading product innovation, technology, general management, digital marketing, and operations. He's helped lead some of the uh, most successful digital-led businesses across financial services, travel, um, in the UK and across Europe. So that is a heck of a resume, uh, somebody <laughs> to really look up to. Graham, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you. Yeah, delighted to be here. And uh, thank you for the uh, for the amazing intro. I'm not sure I recognize myself. This is maybe a good indication of how fast we're growing. We actually have 22,731 oh. properties in the portfolio and um, just just to be exact. <laughs> you know, I'm excited when I load like two or three properties a week into the system, Matt, and <laughs> Graham's growing by the thousands. So yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna start to pick your brain on the show uh, to see how I, I, I generate the growth. But, you know, Graham, I, I think before we get into, um, in, into the podcast, I'd love for our listeners to get a little bit of background on you, the company, Sykes Cottages, and really what's led the growth of Sykes? I mean, you guys are such an incredible powerhouse in the UK, actually across the world, uh, and, and a company that so many of us look up to. So if you can give us just a brief, you know, rundown of what you guys have done and what's led to your success. So the, the, the company itself was started in 1991, so quite, quite some time ago, and a classic sort of a story of, you know, a mother and a son finding a vacation rental business having a few holiday homes that they look after. And then, you know, growing it to 2015 is really when acceleration started. At that point, there was about 5,000 properties. So quite meaningful in the portfolio. But um, in order to grow and, I guess, move the business to an accelerated pace, 
they decided, or the founders decided, they needed some external investment. And so they did a bit of a beauty parade, went out into the market and then found uh, private equity. So found some capital investment and sold the majority of the business to a like a mid-market private equity business called Livingbridge, who had a real good pedigree in travel. Um, and at the point, as a public public record in Sterling, they paid $54 million for the business. Then after about a year after that, um, I joined. I had left my previous role growing pretty much the world's largest price comparison website, um, became a publicly traded company, very successful. I got a bit bored, left, and then looked after my garden for a year, reacquainting myself with my wife and my family. And then thought, well, that private equity thing sounds quite interesting. I've never read it. I honestly didn't really know too much about it, but it sounded pretty cool. You know, they were going to help us grow and invest. So I met I met the founders, met the business, and said, look, let's build a plan. I inherited a plan. The plan was to get to 10,000 properties by 2020. And typical, you know, uh, typical me, I said, well, let's just double it because it's a better number. And so we, we, we said about saying, what needs to be true to get to 20,000 properties by 2020? And that required us to seek some additional investment. That required us to go and acquire some companies. That required us to hire the best people. It required us to balance organic growth as well as M&A and integration and anchor the business on, on two core parts, service delivered through technology. Um, and technology is, I mean, it's quite broad brush, but that includes things like thinking like a platform, thinking about data, think about the measures that you need to turn in the business to deliver exceptional service through your people. And then we set about creating a framework and accountability and then just went into turbocharged execution mode. We basically accelerated the plan and we, we, we smashed the target, um, you know, more or less um, quite quickly. Well, so say smashed the target. We beat the target and... We we beat all the expectations of the investment house in terms of the growth of the company, et cetera. Um, and then in 2019, we found some new investors to sort of, uh, you know, I guess, help us with some more investment to grow the business even faster and faster. And we're now setting ourselves a target of 35,000 properties by 2023. But we've pivoted a little bit in the last um, couple of months, actually, because I, I don't know if the news has, has reached you guys, but uh, I made a pretty sizable addition to the business um, three or four weeks ago, where we acquired a business called Forest Holidays. And what Forest Holidays um, do is they have 700 um, you know, cabins across forests in the UK, 40 to 60 cabins in these locations, you know, incredibly sympathetic and sustainable product. And we actually own the whole assets and we build the cabins and we, we um, have a, a long lease hold with the Forest League Commission in the UK who look after the land. Um, and so as I start to think about the business in the future, we start thinking about different divisions or different groups within the business. I didn't think, you know, five years ago we'd be owning all the assets and taking on that accountability of filling them, but it's a great product and it, and, and it fits our purpose, which is really about taking people on holiday, making sure they have a great time, doing it sympathetically in terms of creating memories, but also doing it in a way where we consider the impact on the environment and we consider the impact on social communities as well. That's a long answer. <laughs> wow. There is so much to unpack there. I mean, 
Yeah, so much to unpack. I think one of the questions that we have is around data. You guys are, are huge into technology. And one of the questions that Matt and I always battle with is the data and understanding the data that's coming in from your guests. What has been your approach on the data that you guys receive and how does that translate into your guest experience at the end of the day? Well, our purpose, if I go back to it, you know, take people on holiday. So we're a holiday company. That's important to recognize that. Yeah. Um, and make sure they create memories through having a great experience. And the only way that we can measure a great experience is by collecting the right data, you know, um, at the moment of truth. And for us, the moment of truth is pretty much when you've, you, you've gone on holiday and you're, you're about to leave, you're about to come home, how do we do? How are we going to benchmark ourselves? And there's, there's different moments of truth, you know, in terms of interaction with the contact center, experience online, et cetera. But we use the mechanism of Net Promoter Score, um, so NPS, as the the key measure of how well are we doing. And so when I joined, we had an NPS that uh, well, we weren't really tracking it to be fair, but it was a it, it was in the forties, which by far isn't you know it's not a bad Net Promoter Score. But as I stand today, our NPS is seventy one, um, and we take over two million people on holiday. So what we discovered is. If we can bonus the whole organization, incentivize the whole organization to drive up the MPS, because everybody in the whole business impacts the MPS, whether you're you know, cutting the grass, whether you're um, cleaning the property, whether you're interacting in the contact center, all those little moments impact the net, the net promoter score. And so we bonus the whole organization on it and we said, Let's keep driving it. And then we found a way of measuring an, EBIT, an EBITDA, so a profitability number, directly related to NPS. And we said, just, just keep going. And we found, we found that by taking action on detractors, so people who didn't have a good time, by taking action on that, we can make it better for future customers. And most importantly, if we can take action during the stay, so I'll give you an example. If you download our app and you travel with us after you've gone into the property and you've you've slept for one night, we send a push notification to the app and we ask a very simple question, how did you sleep? And if you have a little if you click a little unhappy face, let's just assume, you know, that we may need to intervene. What we try what it does is create a workflow into the contact center for then someone will call you or message you and we'll we'll try to have a conversation to sort of see how we can improve or make it better. Now, sometimes we can't do anything because there might have been a, you know, an event outside of our control, but the fact that we care, the fact that we intervene and we ask the question, at those moments of truth, it can lead to positive outcomes. And I can tell you genuinely that, you know, the higher, you know, the higher NPS, the better your business is, just as simple as that. The better your rebook rate is, the better guest satisfaction, the happier your owners are because they have less issues or complaints, the lower your compensation is, the lower your complaints are. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of trying to find that one measure that you can have that you can drive the whole business against. And ideally it shouldn't be revenue or profit yeah. is that, you know, you know, people at the grassroots don't care about revenue or profit, but if people at the grassroots know that if I do a good job, cleaning the property, cutting the grass, looking after the guest experience, it leads to a positive outcome and I will be bonused or remunerated against it, rewarded against it. It's positive. 
It's fascinating, Graham. I mean, I'm stealing all the questions here, Matt, but you know, <laughs> one of the things that I think is fascinating is the, the technology side of things and the data and the fact that you brought up the guest experience side. I know Matt, you know, he's got 6,000 Alexa units with in voice technology here in the US distributed. And he's constantly, you know, looking at different ways to improve the guest experience through voice. Is that something that you guys are exploring as well? What is what does the technology ecosystem look like overseas? Um, how, how are you guys improving through technology? You're using your app and you guys are, I mean, you're up for the Shorties Awards for your app because it's so advanced. Uh, I think I've taken a look at it as well and it's, it's awesome. Uh, I don't think I've seen other apps that compare to your guys's. But what other technologies are you guys looking at to improve the, the guest experience over there? Is voice something that you guys are looking into? Uh, or is there something else that you guys are testing? I mean, we have 200 engineers working on stuff. I mean, I, I, could, I could give you a two-hour long um, podcast on all the different projects we have, all the different squads, how we're thinking about data, how we're linking it back to the guest experience. You know, we run thousands and thousands of different tests on our website um, annually, and 80% of them fail, but that's a good that's a good number <laughs> because we're just constantly trialing different things and see how it works. I, I guess voice is voice. I, I'm fascinated by voice because I, I do think there's a massive, you know, interesting opportunity and engagement, but I think there's still some real basic problems that as an industry we still have to tackle before we tackle some of those slightly more challenging or more interesting things like like voice. So I worry about things like the paradox of choice. You know, if, if, I, if I have thousands and thousands of properties and they're all relatively unique individual properties, you know, how clever can I make my algorithms to work out what is the right property I should be putting in front of the, the right particular guest to understand their intent at that particular point in time? And I, I worry about this sort of, uh, you know, how we, how we really get those basics around search and matching and catering for the different types of way that people want to browse and search. We did actually, just on voice, we did actually build a whole prototype where to tackle this, we started using voice search. So we, we, we built um, um, using some of the, I guess, the, the things that come out of the box from Amazon and a whole variety of different people. We started building sort of a um, search and then displaying properties or auditing properties through your Alexa or through your visual Alexa, whatever it may be. But it's quite niche. It's 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 more a fun sort of a innovating project as opposed to the, the the bigger projects that we're working through. I mean, we 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 use data in all of our decision makings typically. So we collect huge amounts of data, and we generally will use it to either inform our pricing decisions, our yield curves, revenue management decisions. Um, we have this project at the moment, which we're, we're working on, and it's, um, I don't know if you remember, um, Thunderbirds, the sort of a, the, uh, I think it was a British, I think it started in Britain, didn't it, Thunderbirds? It's, uh, it was um, the puppets, effectively. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully someone will know it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there, was this, um, there was this little chauffeur called Parker, that used to sort of go and collect everything for uh, Miss Penelope, I think it was, and he was like, you know, super good at all of it. So we've built this project, and we've called it Project Parker. And what we're trying to do is to look at every single property we have in a portfolio, and we're trying to give it a real detailed granular quality score as to how good is that property. 
what we're also doing is trying to work out how good the property could be because every property has an actual quality score and then it has a, 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 possib- a possible quality score. And we're working at the differential between if you give a score of 80 out of 100 and you move it to say 85 or 90 out of 100 by enhancing the experience of the property in some way, shape or form, how does it improve the guest experience? How does it improve the net promoter score? But also what's the revenue incremental or additional is going to generate for the property owner and thus for us as well. So we, we look at all the different features that people want and the features that may not exist in a property. And then we try to work out this, this idea of, you know, how can you move it from one number to a number? And then there's a conversation that we can have with our owners about investing or co-investing to try and improve the get experience, but also through the use of data, giving confidence that, you know, if you do this, if you enhance the property or improve it, put a hot tub in as an example, you know, we pretty much guarantee that this is the, you know, the improvement it's going to make. So, you know, there's, 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 there's lots and lots and lots of different projects going off using lots of different things. But we're trying to use the data to solve the big complex problems and the big complex barriers that exist with uh, customers and with owners because we're, you know, because we're so big and we're scaled, there's so much going on. We haven't got a lot of time on, you know, the more niche things. I would say um, we try and drive a lot of innovation, and we we do a lot of hackathons and various different things. It's amazing what the guys come up with. But it's it's how do you use your data to solve those big problems and those big frictionless pieces of friction that exists in the overall guest experience. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is probably one of the key points is that Graham and his team are really trying to understand the data. I think most companies that are equivalent size, maybe a little bit smaller or even larger than them, look at revenue more than they look at the actual experience and try to do, drive revenue through the experience and the quality of the unit. It's mostly, it's usually just about the numbers, number of units and, and just revenue. And I think that that's what makes Sykes so interesting and, and sets you guys so far apart from most of the other big management companies in our industry. Yeah, I, I think I think here in the U.S. too if I, is just that um, yeah. When you look at Vacasa, I think they've been treated as by by their investors and by their management team like a true almost like SaaS type product, right? Where it's revenue at all costs, and if if we get it big enough um, that the revenue at all costs kind of takes care of the rest, and you know. Smarter people than I have, you know, have invested lots of money into into that company. But I think the success there is yet to be seen because it is such an operationally heavy industry that we're in. I, I think one of the things when I think about everything that Graham and the team are doing, and I'd love to, Graham, I'd love to get your thoughts. You, know, you mentioned right before we got on your your recent acquisition of Forced Holidays you're becoming more and more almost completely, well, not more and more, but you're getting closer and closer to being almost a completely a vertical integrate, you know, a vertical integration from owning the home. We talk a lot about this is, is how much of a barrier to growth is the inability to, to control the product, the, the end product of the home because ultimately you're being held accountable for the guest experience, but yet, unlike a hotel in our industry, we usually don't own the home. Is that the direction that you see this industry moving so that it can become 
more mature, uh, more consistent, or do you think that we lose then the you know that we risk losing some of the uniqueness of each property that people um, that people are seeking, and that uh, the vertical integration is just going to be a piece of where this industry goes? Yeah, I mean, it's um, I think Fortis is quite unique because it's not like we're buying a couple of floors in an apartment right. block and, and there's one around the corner that looks similar. There's one down the street. You know, this is quite unique because we, we're building from scratch. We're designing unique accommodation in a forest and we're creating an experience. Um, so, you know, that's why it's attractive to us because actually we can control all of that and, you know, we can sort of, you know, we can curate the whole experience end to end because we're hundred percent in control. But you know, I think it would scare me probably if um, <laughs> if someone said, you know, do you want to take full commitment on, you know, five thousand, ten thousand units in the, uh, you know, downtown somewhere, whatever it may be. Yeah. So, so you know, I I, I step back and look at our purpose as a business, and, and our purpose is, as I said, is take people on holiday, make sure they have a good time create those memories and doing it in a meaningful and impactful way. So doing it through the lens of sort of, you know, focusing on our purpose beyond just the profit. And so Forest Holidays fits perfect for that. And there will be other things that we will look at and consider that will fit very much alongside um, Forest Holidays as a premium niche specialist, along with Sykes as an agency working on behalf of an owner. And there's a whole bunch of different things as well. So I'm trying to get a business to think much more as a uh, group is not necessarily the right, the right word, but it's like a collection of um, a collection of sort of a, a businesses that have a common purpose that actually has value and is meaningful. And we all enjoy sort of a working for and creating that experience as well. And hopefully if we do it right, the profit will come. But actually, we, we very much balance that profit and our people, also our planet and the impact we have as well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, you know, personally for me, those are the businesses that I think are going to be the businesses that will win long term because there will be better run, there'll be better governance, there'll be, um, you know, better consideration in terms of multiple stakeholders. It won't just be all about, you know, returning shareholder value in the forms of, you know, dollars or pounds. Yeah, I, mean, I would certainly... I would certainly agree that that is, I think more and more people are, are voting with their pocketbooks, right? Is, you know, they're asking themselves, are the companies in which I'm purchasing products, services, what have you, do they, are they aligned with the values that I hold? And, um, and I think the, the more that companies can align um, and just really, I, I would say that being honest with who, who you are as a company, people I think can um, can sense when someone's authentic and when it's a little, you know, fake. You know, one thing we think about, and you've mentioned it a couple times here around the guest experience. Obviously, in the U.S., where it's, it's such a large country, drive-to markets are very, very popular. In the U.K., since COVID's hit, you know, it's a little more uh, of the staycations as we like to refer to them here. But but generally, people are going to these markets, you know, one, to experience the home, but also to really experience the destination. And so, and, and we at Explory have really 
focused on how do we help lodging providers better support the local community, the tours and the attractions and the things that make, because often these are smaller communities, right? And and those are the things that guests are wanting to um, to experience. Do you, how do you guys think through that and those local partnerships being such a large company? And is that something, do you, have you uh, toyed with or do you have a concierge type or um, is that something you run through the app? How do you make those recommendations? Because um, I got to believe that's important to your, to a lot of your guests as they go to these communities who maybe haven't been there. It's a great question. So I think in these buckets, I think in, Plan, book, enjoy. So plan, book, enjoy. And that enjoy piece is an area that we're, we are focusing much more time and attention to. It's, it's a bit like a, a, you know, our, our marketing campaign. You know, it isn't about, you know, go to experience uh, Cornwall for, you know, and, you know, book an amazing or see an amazing property for, you know, a thousand pounds using a 25 pound deposit <laughs> it's like yeah it's not it's not what we do you know but what we say is you know a lot of our campaigns are anchored what i call hard centers these hard center messages you know and we anchor ourselves certainly in the moment around time because time is precious and when you go on holiday you want to make the most of your time create these memories and part of that is about experiencing everything you can experience um within within the property, within the location, within the environment. So we have, um, one of the reasons why, I mean, in a way, you know, we're not quite the same as Vacasa, but we've made 21 acquisitions, 22 acquisitions in the last five years. But every single one of those businesses still remain in a portfolio and the brands still remain and the people still remain. And so I have 43 offices across the UK. And, and those people have a responsibility who operate in those offices to build and foster relationships with local communities and with local suppliers um, and to be a good citizen because, you know, they have a lot of value. And we agreed early on that we didn't want to be the big corporate business that takes everything and consolidates all the brands and tries to create that economy of scale. Everything moves to a common platform. Everything creates a shared services. All, all the data, all the technology, all the clever, smart thinking that comes out of the box you get all of that, but the brands have an important relationship to foster these experiences with local communities. And then we then need to showcase that when we're talking to our guests so they have a better experience. Uh, and yes, within our app, you know, one of the things we do is we get our owners to talk about all the hidden gems. You know, where's the best dog walk? You know, if you want to have a pizza, you know, where's the best pizza? You know, if you want to have a pub lunch, you know, not the stuff you would necessarily find in some of the guidebooks. It's like, well, I'm a local, I know this and I know what to do. So it's how we how we utilize that. It's not easy because, you know, trying to get, trying to rate it yep. and maintain it and cleanse it is, is, uh, is not the easiest thing to do. But, um, you know, I, I do see a big, big opportunity about recognizing our responsibility. You wouldn't, we're not just some faceless booking agent. Mm-hmm. Our responsibility is to take people's hard-earned money, put them into properties that are amazing, ensure the experience they have is absolutely amazing, and help them understand how they can make the most of their holiday. And if something goes wrong, fix it. 
<laughs> so it's like an end-to-end. -end. It's a bit like thinking like a tour operator, even though you're not a tour operator. So our responsibility, even, even if we don't own the property, and clearly we don't own these properties, our responsibility is to influence the owner or the managed service provider is really quite high. Mm. And whether we're providing the managed service experience, because we do, because we own lots of cleaning companies and laundrettes and actually own a spa, that's a different story, and a <laughs> restaurant. But anyway, so we own, a, we, we own quite a lot of those as well. We provide it for, you know, 15 plus percent of our, of our guests, but the other ones are provided by 750 different suppliers that we deal with. But it's our job to influence them. And if they're not doing a good job, we need to tell them hmm. and we need to tell the owner to get rid of them or we're going to get rid of the owner or the property. So you've got to be quite ruthless as well in terms of using the data to manage the experience because we have an average of 1.3 properties per owner. So it's not like we have a situation where we have, you know, you know, a few owners out there that have, you know, that are taking a disproportionate share of our supply. So therefore, you know, no owner is too big or no property is too big if it's not behaving. And I'm, I'm really conscious. I mean, I can't stress this. I'm really conscious about how hard people work to save the money up to go on holiday. It's our responsibility to make sure they have a good experience. And if a property is not clean, not well-maintained, you know, doesn't have a welcoming experience, we need to do something about it. And we will try and step in and intervene wherever we can. There's a limit that, you know, we have this idea of, um, it's a horrible name, it's called um, Pig. <laughs> I don't know why it was called Pig. Yeah. Property, um, it's it basically, it's an intervention, you know, that happens, you know. <laughs> We have pigs and pags, property action group and property intervention group, effectively, where we're using a net promoter score, we're using our feedback, we're using the data um, to improve the experience. And, and it does work. Because what I learned very quickly is a lot of our owners are what I would call absent owners. You know, they, 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 they're not at the property. They don't, they don't even live nearby. They're employing some local individual or organization to look after the property. You know, we're not... You know, as I said, 15% of it we look after, but that obviously means there's 85% that someone else is employed to look after. Um, and sometimes the owners don't know. So it's up to us to act as that interface to feed back to the owners to then say, this is what's happening, this is the experience. You know, we, you either need to have a conversation with your, your provider, your service provider, or we will, or we'll put you in stop sale we'll use our teams to go in to educate what the you know the 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 provider what good looks like just to continually improve the experience wow i mean it's a ton of work uh, you know uh, brian as i sit here and think about it but it is the results speak for themselves uh, you know they're focused on that ultimate experience from planning all the way through the stay and then beyond right and finding out how can we improve? Well, so far beyond that, they've actually taken it into the communities as well. And as I look at some of the messaging that you guys have put forward is you guys are huge into charities and you do a lot of, of work with local communities. Has that helped you guys basically stay good within those communities, be accepted? Because there are a lot of bigger companies as well that we have a lot of issues on the regulation side in short-term rentals worldwide. 
And uh, locally, we have a lot of issues because people just aren't compliant. They don't trust the companies that are managing homes. They don't trust uh, the guests that are coming in. You guys provide so much to the local communities and, and, and work so much with them. Is that Does that help the acceptance from the local communities for support on your behalf? Yes, I think it does. It, 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 it's got multiple, multiple benefits. One is it feels really good. That's <laughs> it. The, the the other one is you know we employ seventeen hundred plus people actually over two thousand people in sort of a you know high season and um, more and more people are choosing who they want to work for based on how they behave and how they act you know there's a war on talent going on in the UK you know after the pandemic it just it is so difficult now to hire good quality people in the hospitality sort of a sector and. Some of the salaries are, you know, going around are just incredible. So people, you have to have more that you can talk to people about, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, being proud to work for an employer. But also, as you said, the local communities, I mean, they're really important, particularly the businesses that join our family. And we do think like a family. A lot of them have existed, and it's the same in the U.S. because I've met many of them for years and years and years and years. And and they have the owners of these businesses, you know, live in the community quite often. And they, you know, they have a responsibility. And, and owners of properties that are looked after have chosen to use a local or regional, you know, for a reason. And you need to protect that because your asset, the most valuable asset, is the stock. It is the supply. We are in, a, in the UK as a supply constraint market. There's more demand way more demand than there is supply, which is an interesting position to be in, which is why, you know, I guess unlike a lot of businesses I talk to, you know, 85% of our, our customers come direct and we have we have 52 million people visit our websites a year. So, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, the scales are tipped very much um, demand versus supply. Um, but it is really important, I think, to, to foster relationships, but also, it's the grassroots projects that really make a difference. You know, you know, there's a lot of national things you can do, but where you really do make a difference in local communities is sponsoring the local kids football team. You know, the, the local crab festival in Salcombe, in Devon, you know, they, they, they need funding to sort of, you know, to support it because it's a big part of the community. And the more you can, you can embed yourself in the local communities and, you know, and be part of it, the better the experience is going to be, the better experience for the guests as well. Because as you say, there is there is pressure, there is regulation. You know, there's a there's a in the UK there's a lot of challenges around availability of you know affordable homes and, and mm. holiday hotspots in the UK where there's a lot of second home ownership, there's a lot of division and there's a lot of political pressure as well. So the more that you can behave responsibly, the better the outcome will be. I love it. And I know, Brian, that's something that um, is, is really important in your heart, giving back to the communities. Um, the work you've done with uh, Rentals to Rescue, trying to find and pay for short-term housing for Ukrainian refugees. And, you know, we could go on forever. This would be the longest podcast we've ever done in the couple of years we've been doing it. But, um, Graham... Marathon. Yeah, we'll just call it a marathon. We'll just keep going. <laughs> Somebody lock Graham in that room. Um <laughs> 
Grant, thank you. Just cannot thank you enough and really look forward to hearing you speak um, in a couple weeks at the at the Short Stay Summit and um, in London and, and seeing you at the Shorties and best of luck to you and the team. You know, there's, I will, I'll leave you with this. I'm not going to ask because I, you know, but um, there's lots of talk about Sykes and, and when or if they will come to the United States. So um, again, not going to ask, it's not that type of podcast, but uh if if and when it happens, if you could give us a little bit of a wink, we'd love to uh, we'd love to uh, help you guys any way we can because we we really have admired what you've built. And thanks for t- thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, I really enjoyed it and uh, great questions. And uh, look forward to seeing you in London. Absolutely. I'm going to take a quick stab and say if you guys haven't voted for Explory, and, and I have nothing to do with these companies or Sykes, go on to the shorties. Vote for these guys. They're doing some incredible work for our industry, and we appreciate um, the investment, the time, and the teams that they're putting together to make our industry so much better. Thank you, Mr. Maui. That's it for this week's episode of GuestX. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. We are, I'll give it to him here, Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamawi and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.